Welcome to the Living Hope Church audio podcast. Join us weekly as Pastor Jeff Myers shares from God's Word. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Church of Dixon, California, please visit our website at livinghopedixon.com. Good morning, Living Hope. Good. Good to see everybody. Good to see everybody. So yeah, we have been uh, going through this series uh, called Chains out of Romans chapter 8, where we've been talking about our freedom in Christ and, and just uh, really trying to settle in on the idea that, that there is freedom in Christ, even though I think a lot of us, uh, it takes us a little while to get that concept. We're not sure what the whole freedom in Christ thing means, um, you know, because because I think for many of us, you know, I, I said before that I kind of grew up not feeling that freedom at all. Not, in fact, feeling kind of chained down by my faith uh, as if, you know, everybody else around me had more freedom than I did. They were the ones seeming like they had, had all the fun. And I was constantly telling myself, no, don't do this, don't do that. And, and, and the freedom in Christ that's being talked about in Scripture, is, it goes much deeper than just rights and wrongs. It goes to the heart of who we are as people. That for those who are in Christ, the freedom that you have is freedom from the, um, the uh, results of sin in your life, freedom from the guilt and the shame, freedom to move on and truly feel freedom in your spiritual walk. And so we've been working through everything that that looks like. And, and uh, last week we talked about how, um, uh, you know, as part of that, that this world that we live in is fallen and broken, um, that it's, it's just a shell of the way God uh, first created it, what he originally meant for it to be. And Paul says, uh, for those of you who are going through hard times, uh, the trials, the hard things that you're facing right now are not worth comparing to the future glory that's to come. So that one day God's going to hit the uh, reboot button. He's going to reboot all of creation. Everything will be set back to the way it was when, when he originally intended uh, a, a perfect glorified creation from everything uh, in the universe that he created to who we are as people as well. And, and Paul said, if you had a clear view of what that really was, what that future glory is that, that is promised to us, then these tribal, troubles and trials that you're going through right now uh, you would realize it's completely and totally worth it. It's completely and totally worth it. I've, I've heard some of, uh, some of you mothers talk about how uh, that, you know, you, that whole uh, process of having a child and the delivery process and even the, the, you know, just the pregnancy process and how uncomfortable and the pain and the delivery and everything else. And then you, you look into the eyes of your kid and you, and you say, but it, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was nothing compared to the joy I get to experience with this child of mine, for most of you. Most of you think that way. And, uh, and so there are, there are a few of you that wish you could get a do-over. Uh, but, uh, but most of you really, you know, genuinely, genuinely feel that way, and so that, that's good. So um, it, it's kind of that same way spiritually, that even though we, we have hard times in our life, um, that there is a reward that's coming that, is, um, that makes it all completely worth it. You'll look back on it and be like, ah, oh, it was a no-brainer. I'm so glad I chose this path. I'm so glad I chose this path. Um, now, kind of continuing on forward, this week we're, we're going to talk about why is it that, you know, last week it was about um, that we, we can hope again because we have a hope. And this week we're going to talk about how we need to learn to trust again. And I'm one of those people that uh, I, I, I really feel like trust in our spiritual lives, trust is a bigger word than faith. Um, for me, you might disagree with me, but I, I feel like 
to talk about faith, like I have faith in God, I have faith that there is a God, I've placed my faith in, in Him for salvation, things like that, that's one thing. But when I talk about like really and truly trusting God with the details of my life, really placing my life in His hands and just trusting Him and not feeling the need to control everything and you know that sort of thing, that's a much bigger step for me. And so we're going to talk this morning about why is it that we, why, why is God trustworthy? Why can we trust in him? Um, can we trust in him? And, um, and so we're, this is kind of what Paul deals with this morning. So we're going to read some, some uh, scriptures here. And uh, one of them I think is a, a, uh, just a hidden gem uh, that, that isn't emphasized enough in the church. Another one is a passage that is overemphasized in the church and way too controversial. And, and we're going to try to... Um, um, I don't know, kind of neuter the, 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 the controversy. And, um, and so we're, we're, you know, we're going to do that. And then, and then just a, a great promise towards the end. So Romans chapter 8, start with verse 26. Romans eight twenty six. Paul says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. This is so good. Pay attention. We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now this, this um, is one of those passages that I've probably read you know, hundreds of times, but just this last year sunk in a, a more meaningful way for me. And it was through, uh, I think, a study we did in one of our growth groups. Uh, over this last year, and just this concept that the Holy Spirit, like, well, first of all, let me ask you a question, and, and we're an honest church, so be honest, nobody's going to judge you, um, who here would say that occasionally you feel like you really struggle in prayer, you struggle knowing what to say, how to pray, that, yeah, a lot of us, a lot of us, so this promise is for you all, okay, this promise is for you all, if you didn't raise your hand, you don't get to take advantage of this promise, I'm sorry. <laughs> That was your last chance. So, no, it's Jesus. So, anyway, um, this promise is for you all. It, it, the, the concept is this, that there are times when we go to God wanting to pray, wanting to communicate with Him, and it's like we struggle in it, or nothing's there, or we're worried we're going to say the wrong thing, or am I doing, even doing this thing right, or whatever, and all this struggle. And the promise here is that there's a Holy Spirit that dwells in the lives of believers, that takes the most basic groanings of your heart and translate them into the most beautiful prayers and presents them to the, uh, to the, to the throne of God and, and intercedes for us in that way. This promise is revolutionary. Revolutionary because for all of us who feel like, I, I don't, sometimes I don't know what to say, I don't know if I'm praying enough, I don't know if I'm praying right, that we have this constant presence of the, for those of you who, who, who heard that, that, that passage that talks about pray without ceasing, we have this constant pres, presence of the Holy Spirit in our life that is constantly interceding to the throne on our behalf, even when we don't know how or what to pray. He takes it and he translates it in such a way that it is crystal clear and heard by the Heavenly Father. And that is great, great news. Great news. And it should just... It, it, well, you know, I was thinking uh, that um, one, uh, there's one day in particular where I really struggled with my prayer. And, um, and it just, it's always st- sticks out in my mind, but it was on um, 9-11. I can remember sitting in my living room watching those planes fly into those buildings and uh, just kind of sitting there on the couch. 
and just feeling my heart sink into my chest, and, and I just felt hollowed out by, by what I was seeing on TV, and there was so much, I mean, I, I, my heart was broken for the people that were going through it. My heart was uh, scared and frightened for what this was going to mean for our country and, and just everything else. It was just, it was the worst thing to sit there and watch, and I can remember s- sitting there pray, crying out to God, and all, all that could come out of my mouth was, Oh my God, oh my God, oh, oh my God, oh my God. Now, you, you, have to, you have to know, I told the first services too, that I'm not an oh my God guy, all right? Like, I grew up in an old school Christian family where my mom and dad taught me, you don't say, oh my God, that's taking the Lord's name in vain, right? And so I'm an oh my gosh guy, okay? And, and, but, but it was it, in that moment when I wanted to cry out to God, it was all that could come out, and, and, and this verse tells me, that the Holy Spirit took that most basic cry of my heart and translated it somewhere and, and, and took it to the throne of our Heavenly Father. And God knew everything more than I knew of what was going on inside of me in that moment. That is... For somebody who is constantly told your whole life that if you want to get too close to God, you've got to read your Bible and pray, read your Bible and pray, read your Bible and pray... And maybe you struggle in that. Guys, that's some great news for us. That's some great news to know that God loves us so much. Like, he knows how weak we are. He knows not only that you're going to be tempted and and fall to temptation and do the wrong things. He knows you so well that he's like, you know, I've I've opened up this this pathway for them to communicate with me freely. They don't have to go through someone else or, you know, just free communication between you and God, the God who created the entire universe. That's a pretty awesome deal right there. And, uh, and, and he's like, he knows that even though I've done this, there are going to be days that, you know, these, these people are so weak, they're not even going to know what to say. So I'm, I, got, I got them on that too. On those days, on those times when they don't even know what to say, or maybe they have plenty of ideas what to say, but they're saying all the wrong things. I believe the Holy Spirit, you know, you, you're praying for something that you think you need in your life. And, I, and, and what I think this verse is teaching us is that the Holy Spirit takes that prayer and says, you didn't really mean to say that. I got this for you. And, 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 and he's like, no, I, you know, he's a, I, I know what they said, God, but this is what they meant. This is what they need. Because what's that last phrase there? Uh, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to what? The will of God. Not your will, not what you want, not what's on your mind, but what God wants for your life. So even when you're praying the wrong thing, it ends up the right thing in heaven. That's an awesome promise right there. That's, that's great. Does anybody here, if you're married, does anybody here um, you know, wish that we had the same kind of intercessor between husbands and wives? Anybody? Like, would, not, would that be awesome? Like, like, I have been, you know, Jamie and I have been married for uh, 18 and a half years now. And um, 18 and a half years in, I still can't figure her out. And, and, and I don't think she can figure me out either. And we are constantly having breakdowns in communication. Like, like I'll just say something innocently and she gets all defensive and takes it wrong or the other way around. And, and it's just like, I, I did, why, how did you get that from what I said? And, you know, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa you know, put the guns down type of thing. And, and uh, you know, just, wow, that's, that's, that's a, a very, uh, yeah, yeah, I really wish I had a marriage intercessor like that. That would be that would be great. Uh, but even though you may not have it in, in your human relationships, it's comforting to know that there is a God, a Holy Spirit who dwells in you, who will take your screwed up, uh, you know, weak meanderings that you direct towards God and, and translate them into the beautiful prayers you wish they could be.
or the correct prayers you wish they could be, or, or the, you know, whatever. And, and that's a huge promise. So in a world of people who are struggling so hard to be heard, just wanting to be heard, and feeling like nobody hears them, you are heard by God. You are heard by God. Even when you're saying the wrong thing, even when you're, you don't know what to say, you are heard by God. God, the God who, what? Um, who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. The God who searches out our hearts has placed a Holy Spirit in us who can take that and translate it into exactly what it needs to be. That's great news. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's keep going. So he says here, and uh, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We quote that verse a lot here at church, and we love it uh, because God takes the crap of our lives and works it together and for his glory and for his purposes and and even even our mistakes that's again i've said this a hundred times before that's why it's so much it's so good that god is god and i am not because god takes when we sin against him he can even take our sin against him and work it together for our good and for our strength whereas if i was god i would you'd be punished you would you would i would just zap you and because you shouldn't have sinned against me and that's the way that works. But God, who is loving and who is not, Pastor Jeff, knows best what to do. And so, so he works according to his purpose. So for those, now here's, here's the controversial uh, passage I was talking about earlier. For those whom he uh, foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified... He also glorified. I'm going to stop there for just a second. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole controversy thing because I think it's honestly a waste of our time. What I want to get into the heart is the heart of this passage. That there is, the, there is this controversy that basically that when it's talking about that foreknowledge and predestination, there are some who believe that uh, what that's saying is that God, because he knows everything, he is able to look into all of our lives and know the choice that we are going to make whether or not to follow him. And so because he knows everything, he knows how we will choose. There are people on the other side of that spectrum that say uh, that God uh, from the foundations of the earth knew you, chose you, and chose some people who, will, who would accept him and some people who would not accept him. He selected some for, for uh, eternity and some for for hell, some for reward, some for punishment, that sort of thing. And so um, now, can I, I'm just going to say this right now, that I, I really don't care, our church really doesn't care how you feel about that. I have very strong opinions about it, but I'm not, I, I don't think for our purposes this morning, it, it's about that. What you need to know from this and that what, what both sides completely agree with on that issue is this, that our God knows you. He knows you. He knew you from the foundations of the earth. He knew you. And he knew you would have a need to make a way to him that you could not do on your own. And from the foundations of the earth, executed a plan to make that happen through his son, Jesus Christ. He made that available. You 
You are known by him. And in a world, like I said earlier, of people who want to be heard and also want to be known, it's awesome to know we have a God who hears us and who knows us, who knows us better than we know ourselves, who has loved us before we can even think back that far. He has known us and loved us. He's known us and loved us. I've heard, if you've ever been around anybody who has been through an adoption process, you've heard language very similar to this. That We, we had some close friends a few years ago that uh, went through a, a process of adopting a, a baby girl from China. And um, normally it's about a year-long process, the adoption process. And, and so Joe and Julie, as they were going through this process, uh, uh, when they were getting close to the time when they should have been assigned a child, uh, China decided to change all the rules of adoption. And so their year-long process got turned into two-and-a-half-year-long process. Now, I, for those of you who maybe haven't adopted but you know, have had natural-born children, imagine a two-and-a-half-year-long gestational period, and uh, even if not physically, emotionally, uh, what, that, what that would have been like. But for them, though, they knew their little girl, Claire. They loved their little girl, Claire, uh, not from the moment they held her in their arms, but from the moment they decided to go get her. From the moment they decided, they began to love her and know her, and that love over that next two and a half years just grew and grew and compounded and compounded until that moment um, that they finally picked her up and they were handed their daughter, um, just this uh, explosion of emotion that happened that had been pent up for two and a half years. just absolutely amazing. I knew you and I loved you even before, even, even before she was born. Even before she was born. They knew that girl. They loved her. They embraced her. And it's the same thing with God that even before, I mean, thousands of years before you were born, God saw your face. He knew you. He loved you. He made a way for you to be in relationship with him. That's staggering staggering even beyond thousands i mean you go back to god's time we're talking eons and eons ago that god knew you saw you made a way for you that's amazing that's amazing he what's that verse say hold on and those whom he predestined he also called those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, past tense. He glorified. Now, we talked last week about the glory that is to come, and it is to come. But it's very awesome that Paul uses the past tense of this work because, because what he is telling us here in this passage is that this has already been done. For those of you who are laying awake at night, hoping you make it to the end of your life, still a Christian, still following God and, 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 and worried about that. What if I don't make it? What if I don't persevere to the end? It, your glorification has been sealed. It's past tense in God's eyes. It has been done. It is done. And that is awesome. So many of you, I mean, most of us are like scared that what what if i fall away what if i do this what if i you know drop an f-bomb in the car crash that kills me and and then that's that's the last word i said before i get to heaven or you know whatever and and we're constantly worried about that but in god's eyes you are signed sealed delivered it is done amen that is that is amazing that is amazing you are all you're, you're hoping for victory at the end you're hoping for victory in your life 
and the victory is already sealed. It's already here. If you know you're victorious, and so, oh, okay, I'm gonna, the nerd's gonna come in. Any Star Trek fans? Any? Any Star Trek? Okay, there are three of you will get this, this story then. All right, so uh, there's uh, in, in one of the older movies, uh, uh, you know, the original Star Trek movies, and then, and then in the most recent, or the one before the most recent movie, the most recent of the, or, you know, the first of the, the new movies. Um, there, there was, a, there, there's a situation where Captain Kirk is in training, you know, and he's at the Starfleet Academy, and he goes through this test uh, that no, that is an unpassable test. It's meant to test you what you can do in an unwinnable situation. And uh, and so does anybody, just okay? I'm nerds in the room. Does anybody know the name of that test? What is it? Kobayashi Maru, right there. It's the Kobayashi Maru. All right, very good. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. That makes me so happy. Okay. All right. So the Kobayashi Maru, it's the test. And so he is in, I love nerds in a room. That's so great. So, okay. So he's, he's doing the Kobayashi Maru test. Now, everybody is panicked going through this whole test, the simulation where they're being attacked and everything else. He is chewing on an apple. He's cold. I mean, he is calm and calculated and, and, uh, and ends up defeating the whole thing. And the reason was why? He reprogrammed it. He, he changed the rules of the test, right? He totally got in, cheated, changed the rules of the test, to made it to where he could win. And we're playing a game that you think you're like hoping you can be victorious in because you know your fallen sinful nature. You know who you are and what you're capable of, both good and bad. And you serve a God who stepped in and changed the program and said, I'm going to fix it so you can win. I'm going to fix it so you can win. You can't do it on your own, but I just reprogrammed this bad boy, and now you can't lose. You can't lose. And you all are sitting around going through your life just hoping and praying you make it through. And God's like, would you just live in the victory that I have just handed you? Would you just enjoy it and live in the victory that I have handed you? And so this is what I want you to know. Put up that next slide there. It says this, that in Christ you are heard, you are known, you are victorious. Why can you trust God? Because in him you are heard, you are known, and you are victorious already. Already, for those who are in Christ. Are you following Christ? You are heard, you are known, you are victorious. That's great news. That's great, 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 great news. And I, I want to punch you all right now because you're not cheering about it. Because it is such good news. It is such good news. You are heard. You are known. You're victorious. Now, in fact, that very next verse, which is our, our verse we're going to start off with next week, says this. What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? What shall we say? Are you worried? Are you, are you, are you worried about... You know, the, 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 the guilt, the shame you're dealing with. Are you worried about how you don't feel free? Are you worried about, uh, you, know, are, you know, are my prayers getting to heaven? Am I praying right? Are you worried about, am I going to make it till the end? Am I going to be victorious? Or are you worried about, you know, whether or not God knows you because you know how, you know, screwed up you are, that sort of thing? Are you worried about all those things? Paul says, what do you, what, what's our response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If the God who hears your jacked up, broken prayers in a perfect, beautiful way, if the God who, who knows you better than you know yourself, who, who has made a way for you to be with him despite your brokenness and your, your sinful nature, if the God who has secured your victory in eternity is for you, 
then who could possibly be against you? Who could possibly be against you? Not any person in your life, and certainly, get this, not even you. Not even you can come between you and God. Not even you. Instead of allowing all that broken, dysfunctional, sinful nature to cause you to kind of back away from God and create distance between you and God, instead of doing that, just just own who you are and be His. He owns who you are. He made a way. He's got all... Can you get this? He has all the bases covered. Every argument. Every argument um, that, that you could possibly have, he's got a response to it. Everything that you could say, but I can't do this. He's made the way and done it for you. Every little thing. If God is for you, who could possibly be against you? That's amazing. That's amazing. So, there's this great, there's this great story where Jesus is, um, (laughs) we're doing communion this morning. Well, one of the the first references to communion in the Bible was actually this, uh, Jesus had a bunch of disciples gathered around him. He's 12 disciples that were close to him, plus a a whole crowd of other people that were following him. And, um, and so he, he says this phrase and he says, um, you know, basically, if you want to be in me, if you want to be, uh, you know, a part of this thing that I've got going on, if you want to be one of mine, uh, then you need to eat my body and drink my blood. Okay. Now, you got to keep in mind this was before anybody started doing this. Okay. This was before he even sat in an upper room with his disciples and explained, you know, as often as you get together and you take this bread, think of my body that was broken for you, and drink this cup, think of my blood that was spilled for you. This is before any of that. He just, out of the blue, to a crowd of people said, if you want to be with me, you got to eat my body and drink my blood. And so what happened was the entire crowd did this. I'm out. I tap out. I tap out. I, I loved it when you were feeding the crowd. That was great. I love your teachings about the little children. That's so sweet. I love that you teach those things. I love the fact that you can water ski without a boat. That's a great thing. But eat your body, drink your blood. I'm out of here. And they all left except for the 12. And the 12, now get it. It's not that that the 12 were, uh, you know, so much more enlightened than everybody else that left. They sat there equally confused, like, what in, the, what in the world could he have possibly wanted to accomplish by driving everyone away with a little lesson on cannibalism? I mean, it was, what could that have possibly been about? And Jesus looks at his 12 and says, you guys going to leave too? And Peter looks at him and says, you alone have the words of life. Where else would we go? You alone have the words of life. Where else would we go? So when you ask yourself that question, can, I, can God be trusted? Can I trust him with my life, with not only my salvation, but with the details of my life? This should be your response. You alone hear me, know me, have secured my victory. You alone have the words of life. Who else would I possibly follow? Even if I don't get it, even if, even if your solution to my problems is not the solution I would have chosen for myself, who else would I follow? Another great story in the Bible, the story in Daniel of, of the three, in Sunday school we learned it as the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and, uh, and so these three uh, guys, 
that basically they were in, uh, the whole nation was in captivity in Babylon, and King Nebuchadnezzar decided to erect a huge statue and, and said, you know, at this, this time of the day, everybody in Babylon will uh, bow down to this statue, and, and that's, that's the plan for our nation from now on. And so um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, uh, no, we're, we're not going to do that. And so at the time of the day when it was about, you know, everybody's supposed to bow, everybody bowed, and then these three guys are in the back standing up. And uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, they were brought to King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar was furious, so furious that he prepared a, what the Bible describes as a fiery furnace, a furnace that was ten times hotter than any furnace that had ever been lit before. And he was like, okay, you're not going to bow down to this statue? Then I'm throwing you in this furnace. And I love their response. Their response is, is oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we're not even careful in how we're going to answer you in this. <laughs> so great, so great. We're not even careful in how we're going to answer you in this. That um, we will not bow down. We will bow down to God alone. We believe in our God. We believe that he will save us from the fire. And then they say this, but if not, we still won't bow down. You've got to get what that is right there. We believe this God that we follow exists. We believe that. We even believe he's going to save us from this situation, which we pretty desperately need to be saved from right now. But even if he doesn't save us, we still won't bow down. Why? Because they weren't worshiping God for what he could do for them. They were worshiping God just simply for who he was. For who he was. And when you transcend from this place of worshiping God from, for, only for what he can do for you, if he can get you out of your jams in life and things like that, and start worshiping just simply because he's God and who else would you reasonably worship, it's a game changer. You want to know if God's trustworthy? I say yes. I believe the word says yes. I, there's a whole slew of people here who would stand up and say yes. He is absolutely trustworthy. And then, but you had to figure out that one out yourself. Go ahead, try trusting other gods and see what happens. And we'll be here for you when you get back. We'll be here for you when you get back. Okay? Let's pray. Father, we love you. And your word is so good to us this morning. And your word is right and is holy. And it is life-changing. And, uh, and so, God, we thank you that you are indeed a God who hears us and knows us and makes us victorious, even though we are completely incapable of doing any of those three ourselves, And um, so God, would you just put away all of our doubts and all of our reasons why we are hesitant to trust you and instead and just embrace the foolproof plan that you have laid out for us. God, I know there are people in this room that, that, that struggle in this area, that's really struggle to, to feel heard by you, wondering if you really get who they are, um, struggling in, by living in defeat when they already have victory secured. God, would you just free them from that? Would you free them? Uh, without anybody looking around, every head bowed and every eye closed, um, I wonder if there's anybody in the room, I'm not going to embarrass you or point you out or anything, but I just wonder if there's anybody in the room <clears throat> that would just slip up your hand and say, I've been struggling in my faith, you know, with, 
with the idea of, am I really secure in God? I've been struggling with that. Would you slip up your hand right now? Yeah, hands all over the room. God, for these that have lifted their hands, that that are doubting, that are struggling in this, God, would you just speak um, through your Holy Spirit into their hearts, speak confidence and speak faith and let them know what their position is with you. Let them know that while you are a holy God um, and while you are not tolerant of sin, but God, any price that needs to be paid for our sin has already been paid. It's already been paid. So God, help us to walk in that freedom. God, right now, uh, I, I ask that you would just um, send our enemy running out of our lives, out of our thoughts, any chains, any captivity that, that we hold on to that keeps us from being free in you, God, would you just free us from that? We love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.